Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan. Ten twenty four here on this Monday evening. It is JJ after dark. John Chastensky, we're right here on the fan. It's been wall to wall Super Bowl reaction, and yeah, I admit I'm all aboard the TB twelve bandwagon. I may have profited. Uh, I may be enjoying the fact that he's no longer in my division, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed Tom Brady winning Super Bowl number seven taking down Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But while all the Super Bowl craziness was going on this weekend, the Knicks made a rather interesting trade. And to help us make some sense of it, figure out the next move, and some many other NBA activities, we welcome in from the putback on SNY, my main man, the great NBA insider, Ian Bagley. What's happening, Ian? JJ, what's going on, bro? Ian, I hope that you had the Buccaneers as I did. Did you? Listen, I was knee deep in the uh, the Derrick Rose trade. That's true. I mean, you were busy. Yeah, this is, you know, normally you're right about that. The NBA does play games on Super Sunday, but they had to make your life that much more challenging and that much more difficult by going and bringing in Derrick Rose. So let's start right here. This has been talked about. This has been rumored about for like the last two or three weeks. Were you surprised with the idea that the Knicks and Derrick Rose ended up reuniting? No, I wasn't, you know, they thought they had a deal close to done, the Knicks did, for Derrick Rose in the offseason. And obviously, you look at history. Tom Thibodeau had him in Chicago, signed him in Minnesota. Obviously, he's going to want him in New York. It was just a matter of could they get a deal done? Did Detroit want to give up on not give up on him, but agree to trade him? And they came to an agreement, Rose and the Pistons, about the best path forward was to separate. So that made it easy. And I think there were a couple of teams interested, but ultimately uh, the Knicks were there the whole time. And I don't think, you know, the Clippers had been reported as one team, but the Knicks, sometimes both the Knicks felt like they were just being used as leverage and it was going to be the Knicks the whole time. So, no, I was not surprised. The question you ask yourself going forward is what does it mean for the young players on this group and what does it mean for the organization as a whole? And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out from here. Well, Ian, that's my biggest problem with this trade. I know Tom Thibodeau adores Derrick Rose. And I personally like Derrick Rose a lot. I think he's a good dude. Uh, I think he's a good teammate. I think he's one of those well-respected guys now in the NBA. Here's my problem. You got this breakout candidate, this star in the making, potentially, in Emmanuel quickly. He, to me, in many ways, Ian, has been... The highlight of the Nick year. 
I love what he brings to the table. I love watching him ball out. There is no way in the world this trade can cost him minutes, right? Like, there's no way the Knicks are going to be dumb enough now to cut into a young, promising rookie's minutes to go bring Derrick Rose on his team. I can't believe that's going to be the case, dude. That would be a huge mistake in my mind. But I don't think I don't think that will be the case just based on conversations you know, had the last couple of days. I think that these guys can either play together quickly in rows or there could be different permutations of backcourts where quickly's minutes are not cut into. I think if somebody's gonna gonna lose minutes because Derek Rose is playing, I don't think it's gonna be Emmanuel quickly. And uh, I think, you know, it would be a mistake if it was, but I don't get the sense that that's gonna happen. I think, you know, more more likely is those two either sharing the backcourt together or the Knicks making some lineup changes where, you know, it's either a combination of Alfred Payton and quickly or uh, Peyton and Rose, something like that, and, and you switch up the backcourt. But I don't think you're going to sacrifice minutes or shots for quickly here, even though Rose is now aboard and they kind of overlap. Well, I'm happy to hear that coming from you because I know you know the team very, very well. Um, but by bringing in Derrick Rose, do you get the sense, Ian, there could be another trade coming involving a guard maybe to free up a little bit more of that playing time? You know, something that I'm keeping an eye on is what happens with Frank Nelikina. You know, he's been out of the rotation, right? So he's been an non-factor. He was hurt, and then, you know, he hasn't gotten back into this 10-minute rotation. But I think if he can somehow, some way come on and, and earn rotation minutes, then somebody like Alfred Payton, I think, it becomes somebody you look to deal because of the glut of guards you have. But, you know, if, if Nelikina doesn't come up and, and snatch those minutes, I think even – even still with Peyton, uh, that could be somebody that gets moved. I don't think that this is the only trade that Knicks are going to end up, you know, seriously considering between now and the trade deadline, uh, March 25th. Whether anything else gets done, I have no idea, but I, I'm sure they're going to take and make a bunch of calls. And I also think that, uh, you know, they're going to get calls on Julius Randle and they're going to have interesting decisions to make there because he's playing so well. Uh, his contract, as bad as it looked last year because he was struggling, the Knicks were struggling, now it looks like a very good contract. So he's going to be desired uh, whether the Knicks are going to be willing to give him up. I think it depends on what teams are offering. Something else to keep an eye on as we approach that trade deadline. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Randall because, got to be honest, Ian, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year they have an opportunity to get something of value for him, I'd say do it. Because last year, listen – he was a disappointment, a major disappointment. This year he's playing like an all-star. I mean, his numbers have been terrific. Tom Thibodeau has gotten a different level of player out of him. He has brought it night in and night out. Now, I'm not suggesting that I want to go rip up Randall's contract and go give him a new one. But for a team that's trying to develop that sort of culture, you know, that catchphrase, that key phrase that you and I are probably sick and tired of, of talking about. <laughs> but, you know, Ian, if you're talking about the quote-unquote culture, to me, winning games and having a guy like Julius Randle, doesn't it help you as far as trying to do so? I mean, winning matters. That's what I think, at least. I know people, some Nick fans want to see the young players play, you know, 25 minutes a game, 30 minutes a game. Wins and losses be damned. But I think you run the risk there of poisoning the well a little bit of the, the players you're trying to develop and having them build losing habits. And so the balance that the Knicks are trying to strike is, is winning games while also developing these young players. And, and Randall, you know, you give Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks a ton of credit. 
you also have to give him credit because he is his approach uh, with the ball in his hands and his approach as far as uh, distributing the ball when the defense collapses on him. It's like night and day this year in between last year and this year. And, you know, he's playing at a very high level. And I think, you know, no matter what, the Knicks are going to get value from the Julius Randle this year, next year, whether it's a trade or whether you keep him on the roster and he helps you win games. And, you know, this is a credit to, again, both him and the organization for really just doing a 180 from last year to this year and playing at a really high level. We got our buddy NBA insider Ian Begley. Check him out at SNY. The putback, a whole lot of good content, a whole lot of good stuff they got going on. Um, Ian, all in all, I got to admit, bro, I'm thrilled with what I've seen from Tom Thibodeau. And you know, when I had you on during the summer, I was banging the drum. I wanted him to get the job. He was my number one choice for the job because to me, he's a program builder. The record in the NBA kind of, Spoke volumes in many ways. I'm not surprised that he's gotten more out of this roster. Um, And I think he's exactly what this organization needed. What's been your takeaway dealing with Tibbs and watching him go about his business? Yeah, I think he's done well. I mean, look at the bottom line. Look at the wins and losses. Nobody had the Knicks where they are from a win-loss standpoint. At this point, they're defending their doing it because of the defense by and large the offense you know it's been bottom third in the nba for most of the season the defense has been top third in the nba for much of the year so it's been that they've hung their hats on defensive end that's what you expect from the Thibodeau team you know i think the, the tricky part for tom Thibodeau or any coach really is again just to balance the idea that you want to win every night with the idea that you also want to give your young players you know game experience and allow them to like learn through mistakes on the court. So that's tricky. It's hard to do both. Uh, you know, I think that he, what you're seeing night in, night out is sometimes quickly we'll get fewer minutes and he leans on Alfred Payton and, you know, Kevin Knox out of rotation. So there are, you're sacrificing some of the potential development of young players to win games. But also maybe we have to think about this coaching staff is seeing players like Melikina and others in practice. And they saw him in preseason. And, you know, Dennis Virginia, who was just traded, there, maybe there's a reason why these guys are not in the rotation. And it's not just about they deserve minutes because they're young and, and we want to see them develop. It's about, uh, you know, maybe they're, they don't, they just don't deserve it because they haven't played to that level yet. Um, all in all, people you talk to around the league, is the stanchion, like the, the bad feelings that have been around the Knicks for the better part of two decades – you get the sense in around players, around basketball people, that's starting to change? You know, you're hearing positive things about, you know, what the young players look like here, especially quickly. But, you know, it's too soon, JJ. There's Got it. so much there. You know, talking about two decades of, of a lot of bad stuff on the court, off the court. I think it's going to take more than a, a few months of looking competent to wash all that away. You know, I think it's going to take – the young core, you know, establishing itself on an upward trajectory before you land, you know, a free agent who is seen as a top market free agent because you could sell them on coming here and, and being a difference maker and helping a, a somewhat established project ascend further. But, you know, before you get to that point, we could talk all about, you know, the perception changing, but it really it's just wins and losses matter more than anything else. And then that's when you get to uh, become that attractive place for, for free agents. I don't think they're there yet, though. We can't, we can't start to make that proclamation yet. We got Ian Begley over at SNY talking some NBA basketball. Okay, Ian, let's go to the Nets. We know they can light up the scoreboard. 
Uh, Durant, Irving, and Harden, they've had no problem the way I've seen it playing alongside one another. But I think the biggest issue is the issue I had when they made this trade a couple weeks ago. How are they going to defend? How are they going to deal with an interior presence? And I still have questions on whether or not the Nets are a better team in the postseason in a short series by making this trade. They're fun to watch. I mean, Ian, don't get me wrong. They're a sexy, fantasy basketball, easy-on-the-eyes <laughs> type of team. But can this team, with the style in which they play and the lack of defense that is apparent, is it championship level? You know, I want to say this first. The, the way that they have fit together, those three guys, I mean, I know they haven't all been healthy at the same time, but when they've been on the floor together, the way they fit together has been pretty impressive. And I think I agree. James Harden a lot of credit because especially early on when he first came to Brooklyn, he was just distributing the ball. He wasn't even hunting shots. And that I think made the, the transition uh, that much smoother, that much better. So the idea that they're, they're not getting in each other's way this early on in this, this partnership, I think is very encouraging. You know, the defensive issues are going to be there. But I think if you're a net fan, you hope that, either via the trade market or the buyout market, there's a big that shakes loose that you can add to your roster that can help you just defend the rim. I mean, you don't need anybody to come in and, and, and score you know, 20 points. You have enough offense. You just need somebody to come defend on the interior, be able to defend the pick and roll and, and, and help you on that. And so maybe it's you know, JaVale McGee in Cleveland. Yeah, there's speculation about Andre Drummond. Whoever it is, it's got to be somebody that can can really, really uh, strengthen the paint for you. Because, J.J., you said it, uh, the playoffs, at, at some point, you're going to have to get stops to win a playoff series, to win important games uh, in the postseason. There's no way around it. So you can you can score 140 points a night. You can pull teams out in the regular season. But postseason basketball is different, and that's why they need to find that rim protector uh, to, I think, really catapult them to – what could be the next level when it comes to playoffs. Ian, I look at the Philadelphia 76ers with the way Joel Embiid is playing, with the role players that they've brought in. To me, if I'm Brooklyn, that's the one team I would not want to see in a best of seven series. Because of what Embiid can do to them down low, I think that's a bad, bad matchup. That could be a very tough series. I mean, I got to give Philadelphia credit for the way they fell out that roster. Uh, this year, and and Embiid is playing like an all star. I think you you always think about you know, durability with him, and and you know, tough season for everybody. But how is he going into the postseason? How's his energy? How's his health? But the way he's playing right now has been fantastic, and they're certainly hitting on all cylinders. I agree with you, JJ. That would be uh, the first team that I think about. You know, before Milwaukee, uh, if I'm Brooklyn. And I'm thinking about, you know, who am I going to be facing and who would I have to be worried about in the playoffs. They're, if they're healthy and they're still going like they're going right now with Tobias Harris playing well, uh, that's, they're going to be a tough out, Philly, for anybody. Ian, final one. All-star game in the NBA makes absolutely no sense. I don't understand why they would do it. Oh, I know why. Dollars and cents. All about the Benjamins. Mm-hmm. But when you got guys like LeBron and the many other players that are making their voices heard, you think Adam Silver in the league is going to do an about face? I, you know what? I think the wheels are, are so far in motion. I'm not saying that anything is set in stone, but I think that if you're going to acquiesce to a certain degree, if you're the league, you say, if you don't want to play, don't play. And the next person who got the votes, whoever was next in line, let's say in the Western front court, if LeBron doesn't want to come, that person will come down and play. Because you're going to, you're going to find – 
enough players who want to be named All-Stars and will be willing to participate. Uh, it's just a matter if you give players the option to opt out who don't want to be there. You know, that's, that's I think, the first step that the league would take before they scrap the whole thing. So you get the sense they will play an All-Star game this year. Interesting. Interesting. I do. Yep. I think it'll, I think it will happen. Ian they Bagley, want it to happen and, and they've, you know, they've taken the steps to, to get this far. So I think it's going to happen. They have it. Listen, uh, when I hear it coming from you, I give it a lot more credence. I give it a lot more respect and I give it a lot more vibe. That's why you're my main man. That's why I have you on the show. Ian Begley, check him out. Put back SNY NBA insider. Begs, always a pleasure, bro. It's actually nice being able to have a conversation talking about a competent Nick team, man. Let's uh, hope that continues to be a trend, okay? <laughs> JJ, always great talking to you, my friend. Be well. I'll talk to you soon. They have it. Ian Begley over at SNY telling you he still believes there's going to be an all-star game in the NBA. Interesting. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.